Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. It is a beautiful sunny day here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cole and I are in the studio together. Got a lot of great topics to talk through today. Cole, how are you, my friend? Living the dream. I love it. Living the dream one podcast episode at a time. Amen, brother. One episode at a time. I never really understood why people don't I'm going to come off too judgmental, but I do say that saying a lot of times, like I'm, I'm trying to live the dream or I'm living the dream. Mm -hmm. Like what else would you want to strive for in life? Like I know that people are going to have highs and lows in life, but like to me, you should be going after living your dream. And it means something different to everyone. But when someone's like, they, they don't respond with something along those lines. It's like, okay, how do you get to a point where you're trying to live your dream? Well, I think too, what I think is interesting because I say that a lot and I, and, and, or, you know, Hey, how's your day going? You know, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like people take that as like, like some people, like people that I talk with a lot when I say that they're like, man, are you ever down? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But I have to tell myself I'm doing great. Like it's, it starts with your mentality. Like if you tell yourself you're doing shitty, you're probably gonna do shitty. Yeah. If you tell yourself I'm doing fantastic and you approach everything with like, this is gonna go, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be a great day. Like that's that for me is like something that I've adopted to turn any day into a better day is by just like speaking it into existence, manifesting it. So I'm gonna literally say, I'm living the dream. I'm fantastic. I'm great. Does it necessarily mean that I'm always great or always no? But it's like if I continually tell myself that. I'll believe it more. Yeah, what I'm hearing you say is it's mindset. You can choose to wake up and not be happy with your day, or you can choose to wake up and be like, you know, not every moment of my day is going to be perfect, or I'm I'm not going to be happy every single second, but I'm going to choose to be in a positive state of mind. And we've talked about this time and time again on many of our episodes, and we'll continue to, but just the power of your mindset up here can make or break who you are as a person. Well, a short story, and then we'll get into some of the meat, just really quick. Not even short, example. So... One of the things I've found that works for me for setting the day right mm-hmm. is like I work from home, right? And so like I could just I, I for I got in a habit, you know, probably six, seven months ago of like I don't need to shower. I don't need to get ready because I'm just working from home. If I have no Zoom meetings, you know, I'm why get dressed, why get ready for the day. Mm-hmm. So I got in this habit of just like, you know, not showering till like two or three in the afternoon, whatever. Yep. Because I didn't have to. I maybe I'd go work out then shower. Right. And I realized like it was messing with my like routine. Like I just wasn't feeling like I was starting the day off like right. So I got into this habit of now, no matter what I have going on, I get up, get Ava to school, or whatever, and then I shower. And when I'm in the shower, again, <laughs> really corny. No, <laughs> you don't get any ideas. Yeah, it's not a cold shower, right? Sometimes I take cold showers, but what I do is I'll sit there and I'll say, okay, what do I want to get out of the day? And I'll literally like, I'll turn the music on on my phone and I'll spend that like five to 10 minutes in the shower, literally telling myself like positive affirmations. Like today, this is what I'm getting done. Today's going to be a great day. Like shut all the noise out. And it really like sets the tone for the rest of my day. Yeah. But I'm spending that time, like not looking at my phone, not reading a book. Like, so I'm using that time to a, a shower will refresh you. Right. So my body is like getting refreshed. I'm cleaning off like a shower wakes you up, you know, uh, you know, I turn it a little bit cold to really get like the blood flowing, get everything moving. Right. And then I'll just use that time to disconnect, to make my body feel good, mm-hmm. make my mind feel good. And I mean, dude, it's changed. It has definitely changed my morning routine. Like I feel like more refreshed, more focused. 
And I feel like even though I might still get back in sweatpants and a t-shirt, it's like my day started off with something productive, right? And I've set the stage. So anyways. That's, no, that's a beautiful thing to hear. I mean, I think that's an awesome practice that, you know, anyone listening and even myself could try to incorporate. Uh, but to, to each their own, what I'm hearing you say is you're intentional with your time, with setting what you want to potentially accomplish within that day. And maybe it's not all within that day, but within the next week or so, like you, you've got a vision and you're being self-reflective. That's a very powerful thing to do versus kind of just going with the flow. Not to say that anything's wrong with going with the flow, but you're carving out time to kind of recalibrate and be like, hey, these are my intentions. This is what I'd like to do. Well, and, and, and even more than that, you know, your fit, your mental well-being drives from your physical, mm. right? Yeah. And so tell me I'm wrong that sometimes you jump in a shower and you feel totally different when you get out physically. Like you just feel like your head feels clearer. You feel more refreshed. So not only am I like setting my goals and stuff, but I'm literally like treating a physical mm-hmm. – like physically getting feeling good and mentally feeling good, so it all ties together. Yeah, that's a fact, man. There's yeah, science. I just need to get a sauna next. <laughs> that's dude, right, that, man. That's what that's the next agenda. Sauna and cold tubs, yeah, dog. Dude, Start with cold showers. Those those are good too for anyone listening. I mean, for we more can, reasons than one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're a little lonely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shall all right, we dive into uh, the the first big yeah. theme? I'll let you kind of kick things off, but I think it was around. Uh, positioning your your selling and stuff but i'll let you lead here well everybody you know most people that listen to our podcasts are aware that you know i'm very passionate about sales i'm mm. very passionate about uh the psychology the the sales uh professional you know the, the professional side of sales and, and really just like the concept of selling itself yep I, I just i believe like we're all salespeople in our own way to get what we want to get to in life we have to be able to sell yep. and communicate mm. um and you know i i don't want to spend time today dissecting what selling and sales means yep uh, because i think that's a that's a topic in itself sure what i wanted to do today is i had this conversation with somebody uh, this past week which really sparked me wanting to talk about this you know the sales profession as a whole and people that are in a sales sales specific role, uh, it, it's it's growing, it's becoming more and more critical for people that are good at it, that know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. Because you've got digital media, you got digital media, you've got uh, you know, got you've got AI, you've got all this like all these different things that are driving society and people to become less communicative, less mm-hmm. less engaging, right? short to pick up the phone, right? I don't, I, you know, I'll send a, I'll send a long email or enter something in here or post something before I'll call somebody and ask them a question. I'll wait six days for an email response that I need right now mm-hmm. versus just picking up the phone and giving them a call. Like, and that's just a, a one example, but we were talking about that and, and, and he, he made a comment and Mike, actually Mike Long, who's going to come on the show. Fantastic guy. He lives in Colorado. Mike, shout out. Um, he said, which I had heard this before, but I want to come back to it. He said, sales, like being good at sales is dying, right? It's dying. Being a, 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 a top tier salesperson is, is a, it's a dying breed, which it's actually becoming. So, so people that are thinking about getting to sales or in sales now, I can tell you that a good or even above average salesperson is becoming more sought after. Mm because there's there's less and less of them right so if you're good at, if you're good to great you know you're, you're you're rising in value and one of the things one of the formulas he said to me was 
to be a great salesperson, like Cole, you know, you're exceptional at what you do. He's one of my clients, mm. very exceptional at what you do. And we were just kind of getting into this. He goes, I've always looked at it like this. Sales is uh, the, uh, uh, it's S plus, hold on, situation plus response mm-hmm. equals the outcome. Mm-hmm. Meaning in sales, you have to be really good at addressing the situation, mm-hmm. crafting a response yep. to achieve the outcome you want. Yep. If you don't know how to respond to a situation where you can't respond in the right way, your outcome is not going to be what you want. Mm-hmm. And this made me kind of get into like this, this thought process of consultative selling. So I, what I do, and so I'm, I'm for you listeners, uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk about business consumer selling. I'm not going to talk about transactional selling, product selling, like, you know, you know, and discuss it five minutes you're out the door. This is this is a conversation around consultative or consultative selling. Yep. Business to business, relationship selling. That's what I want to get into. And I was thinking about this on the way over here, Hayden. I was thinking about what makes what what is consultative selling, right? What is what does that mean? What that means is that you're not just selling one product or one solution. Mm. What it means is that you're having to Build a relationship and get to understand and use your ears to figure out what your client actually needs or what, what you can do. And there's a few factors that go into that. First, the number one most important thing is listening. Mm-hmm. You have to listen. Listening is not just me talking to you and you saying, hey, Cole, you know, I think I like the color blue. And I go, oh, great. He likes the color blue. Yep. Listening is more than just that. What I mean by listening is listening and, and, and digesting not only like what's being told to you through the conversation, but what's being pushed through the media, what's being pushed on their you know, financial reports, what their forecasts look like, what their marketing team's saying, what their customers are saying. You need to listen to that stuff and understand it. You got to listen. Yep. So like, so like first step, first most important thing is listening. And I want our, our list, our listeners to be clear that listening is not just so simple as you telling me something and me writing it down. That's not listening. It's taking the whole thing into account. Number one. I would say to, to interrupt, that is a it it is listening, but it's it's surface level. And what you're gonna get into is like you gotta do more than just the bare minimum. And yeah. I'll let you continue. Uh, 100%. For anyone that would take it literally, and that's sometimes me, and that's why I wanted to yeah, yeah, yeah. jump in with that. Yeah. So, so the first step is the it's that listening part of it. Listening to everything and then being able to get, okay, I've got, I've got this second st- step to that is being able to take that information that you've got, whether it's through these different avenues and stuff and organize it. Mm-hmm. So the, the, like the, the one place that a console, a consultative sale can be lost is by not being able to do this next step, mm-hmm. right? You listen and you get all this information and you get to step two, which is organizing it like and this is something you don't hear a lot of a lot of books or salespeople on the media tell you or you know sales gurus they never you i've read a lot of sales books you don't really hear the word organize a lot so this is i'm coining this guys listen organize meaning you've got this you've got this let's say it's a chart right and you've got all these different notes and all these different diagrams or whatever however you want to organize it which however you want to lay out your notes so you look at it, you go, okay, how do I take this information and get it to where I can use it? Mm. Because that's tough. In consult in consultative sales, 
you're getting a lot of information that's not it's not a plus b equals c it's a plus b minus c plus d over to f like it's it's all of this so you got to organize it so the next step is taking your time to organize and i call it putting a scalp putting meat on the bones you've probably heard me say this before you put some meat on the bones yep meaning you got this you got this skeleton with organs and all this stuff in it and now you need to close it you got you got to put something around it so what you do is you got to organize so you got to take time consultative selling is not just about rushing rushing to get a solution it's about organizing it's about listening and organizing right so you get here and and one of the and i'm going to give a, a few pointers of how i organize is what i do um, is i take the information that i've got i look at it and i don't like react to it right away i don't even send like for me and my what i do is i've met i've had a couple great meetings with a client and they've thrown all these ideas out there mm -hmm. and my approach and i and i suggest many people in this in this type of sales is to take a couple days, take, take two or three days, send a follow-up or give a quick text and thanks for meeting. Great. I thought it went fantastic. Super excited. You know, use the word super, use the word excited, use exclamation points. Nobody likes to work with a salesperson. That's not enthusiastic. Okay. Use that stuff. That's the easiest thing. Use that. Then take some time, tell the customer or the prospect, Hey, I'm, I'm I'm digesting what we talked about. I love that word, digesting. I'm digesting our conversation. Mm -hmm. And then digest it. Don't just leave it and move on. Go through it. Take a look, look back a couple of times. And then what I'll do is I'll take this list of notes because I do it like a logic order and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of make little sections and I'll take it and I'll say, okay, all right, so here, here's here's what we're trying to accomplish. So what out of here... What out of this list of information actually impacts a them increasing their efficiency? Because like, I, I, I don't want to throw too much out there, and I know I'm, I'm I'm ranting, but the typical consultative sale you have to do three things: you have to either save somebody money, you got to make somebody something money, or you got to increase their efficiency. Like you got to do one of those three. If you don't do one of those three or all of those three, it's going to be a tough sell. So I I simplify that into like, am I how can I Help them save money. So what of this? What what of this helps that? What? How can I increase their efficiency? Mm -hmm. How can I lower their? You know, increase their sales. It's money. So I look at this. I go, okay, what information can actually impact what we what we design? So my organization goes, okay, this this note, this note, this note, this note, right? And I put that in a bucket. And I say, what information has nothing to do with that, but tells me a little bit about them. Oh, they have two kids. A, they're doing a reshift in corporate structure. Oh, they are, you know, um, very interested in what the next five years holds, right? Mm -hmm. I say that. Okay, so I got my I got my part that's going to be either increase sales, decrease costs, increase efficiency. That's one bucket. And I go, okay, what, what's more personal or what is more of – you know, what, what a lot of us would say ancillary information or unvaluable information. And I, I write all that stuff down. I say, okay, there's my second bucket. And I look at them. I say, all right, now, after I've gotten to that, before I go back out to the customer, I say, what in this bucket that's what most people would say is ancillary or unimportant or has nothing to do with the solution, what if I was, if I were 
to draw a very, very stretched correlation. Mm -hmm. What in here could actually impact this? Yep. Nine times out of 10, there's something in that information that actually could impact one of these. So, okay, okay. Which one is it? Which, or is there an over, uh, is there a theme through all this information that might've been, you know, 20 minutes worth of ancillary unimportant? Yeah, I do that. Okay. So now I've got, now I know, okay, here's the bucket of what's going to help me do those three things, increase efficiency, decrease costs, increase sales. And now I know, okay, here from these, this, all this information I took on outside, whether it was from listening from that conversation or listening from the media, I guess, okay, I got that. All right, cool. I can draw a tie. So a lot of times you'll find one or two things that directly correlate to the information you gathered. And you're like, okay, now I can see it. So you take that step. And where it really, really, really gets neat is, and this is like, I'm simplifying this because consultative sales, it's not just like one meeting, one one time. And this is this is stretch out, could be over six to eight to nine months. You get to that. And then what happens is, you know, through, through when you get to the second step, and then again, I don't want to um, spend too much time like talking like a teacher, but what really, what I really want to hit at home here is from that first to second step, which could have taken two weeks, three weeks, six months. You get to that first step, you organize. You're going to continue like organizing and adding to that. You're collecting inputs as you go. You're collecting it. So you can't just say, can't be static. Yep. You got to be, you got to be, uh, you know, flexible, versatile. You got to be collecting and adding to those as you go. Yep. Right. Yep. And as you're adding to it, what you really, really, really need to do to close a new client or close that project on that solution is you need to be, as you're flowing things from the listening stages to the organization, you need to be flowing information to the client as you're doing that. So consultative selling is not A, B, C, sale. It's, it's almost like a continuous line of communication and and process like a never-ending cycle it's not just you get a b c and d and that's it it's they're all kind of like mush meshing together so my biggest thing i would say you know and again there's a lot more we could get into here um but my biggest thing i would say is like as you're as you're collecting and you're organizing you need to be communicating as you're going so Feedback, you know, we talk about this with Scott Jacobs and we talk about this, you know, Scott, you know, a couple episodes ago, Queen City Angels, we talked about this with, um, which is a great episode. We talked about this with Chris, yes. you know, continuous feedback and what you, what really is going to set you up for success is not waiting too long to get feedback. It's okay. I heard this. I organize it this way. What do you think? Is this something you think is cool? Is this, is this, hey, I saw this. I was, I was thinking about you. Or, hey, has there been any changes or updates? As long as you're maintaining that constant communication, that buffer, and you're not rushing it, you're not, um, you're, 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 the recipe for success and the odds, uh, go, go way higher by doing it that way. By looking at it as not just one, two, three steps, but more of a process that's going to drag on, and um, you know that 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 third piece of it, that close, right? Get the first project, the first deal, the first contract. That's easy if you've done this, these two really well, not rushed it. That third one, when you go to get the sale, you're 99% sure 
Like, I mean, I'm at the point now when I, because I've, I've been doing this for years and I'm still not the best. I still have a lot to learn. But when I go, when I get to like that step where I finally have something to set, like something for them to sign, my confidence level is damn near 100% because there's no holes. You know, there, there's no holes. I took my time. I pre- So I guess what I'm getting at is, is A, there's, there's some things you can do to listen, to organize, and to make that close a lot more probable mm. in a consultative process. Yep. And and the last thing I want to leave with, and um, I'll do some, and just for you listeners and, and Hayden, I'll do what I'm planning to do is call out a couple tools that are really helpful with that. Um, and I'll do a little short video on it uh, for LinkedIn Sales Navigator, uh, HubSpot, you know, you got Salesforce. There's a few other ones out there. Zoom Info, uh, you know, there's a few really specific tools that you can use to help listen and get more information. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is that if you do this right, and you follow and you and you take your time, which taking your time is hard for a salesperson. It's very hard because you want to just do do do. But if you take your time and follow these and don't skip and don't skip, I don't want to call them steps. You just have to put effort in. I don't want to call them steps. One, two, three. I don't like that. If you take your time and and have this constant flow of communication, I I would stake my reputation. That your close rate would go up like twenty five or thirty percent. I would, I would, I'd be shocked if it didn't go up more, because you're gonna figure out in these two steps, this, this this first phase, this first part of the process, if it's even worth getting to to the end of it. If you've done your job at the beginning, you're actually you know you're working with a qualified prospect or client. You know there's a need, so it's just a matter of taking your time to help fill it. So. A lot of good information to unpack I was on a roll there. there. You, you certainly were, and uh, I appreciate you sharing your your insight, your experience there, coming from a sales perspective. I think a couple of things that I would piggyback onto is even hearing what you described there. How do I maybe apply that in a role that's not necessarily mm-hmm. a quote unquote sales role? But you and I have talked about this plenty of times offline. Like sales and marketing are very closely related. And I like to say everything that we do is a form of marketing. So whether or not your official job title is salesperson or you're an account representative, yada, 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 you're still trying to influence and win people over via your ways of marketing or selling yourself, selling a product, a service. I I think... What I am hearing you share, there's a lot of things that I'm hearing you share, but really what you're you're trying to do is ultimately influence or using your words, get someone to close on a sale. Like that is your end in mind. How do you get there? And you are kind of categorizing that into kind of three big pillars. I know you don't like to use the word or steps, but the first aspect of that is just genuinely listening and collecting the information. But how do you make use of that information? Because there could be information that doesn't really mean too much at the end of the day. And that's where you dove into organizing that. Or to me, that's called synthesizing. Mm -hmm. Like there's all these inputs that you can get, not only from the person that you might be directly communicating with, but then you have outside research that you can be bringing in. You could be partnering with, you know, other or previous clients that could help, you know, play into this potential sales deal, et cetera. So it is an art when it comes to understanding how do I take this information or all these different tidbits of information, data, anecdotal remarks, 
et cetera, but synthesize it or package it, package it up into a, a valuable proposition to make, you know, your client want to proceed further with you. And some other words that come to mind is you're essentially just building trust through continual communication mm -hmm. along the way. That is how you ultimately close or sell yourself. And again, you don't have to think traditionally in terms of what Cole was describing as a salesperson. It could be a project or product manager that is working with a stakeholder to understand, okay, what is the business problem here? How do we truly understand whether or not this is going to help you know, the bottom line, mm -hmm. as well as impact the shopping customer. And you have, to your point, those open lines of communication, you're always collecting that feedback. And then hopefully, they're starting to see the value that you're providing by presenting it in a light where they fully understand, okay, yeah, you're right, this is what we truly need. Here is the final recommendation, we're willing to go with whatever it is that you packaged up. And that to me for like a product or project manager is the same lens when you're talking about actually closing on a deal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very, very uh, impactful stuff. I think to your point, one last uh, remark that I would make is just have good communication because you'll build trust along the way and you'll have a higher probability of closing on uh, a sales deal. Um, but again, it's very situational as we always highlight. Uh, but the more that you can have those tough conversations, build trust, your stock's gonna go up along the way. I think... Um I think too, Hayden, you hit something that was like, like ding, ding, ding. Like if I was like a prospect, right? If if you were my prospect, I'd say that's a, there's a, there's like a, you know, there's a hot button. Mm. And I think it's just something that's important. As you mentioned, like using other clients or or working with other individuals that, and that's like strategy, right? That's strategy. And there's a whole conversation we could have around that because I think in cons in consultative sales. I know I'm being very specific, but in consultative sales, it's super important to strategize and to network and to, you know, from behind the scenes is go, okay, like if I were to build a, a diagram, like if I get do, if I do this work and I know this person, they could get me to here, they could get me to here, you know? And so a lot of, a lot of consultative sales too is like who, you know, like a lot of it, I do not want to undervalue a lot of it is because then it becomes a, you know, okay, I know him and they, they mentioned me to them and now you're starting to get referrals and it's not, a, and it's, it's people are coming to you saying, Hey, like I want to immediately lay out like what's going on. Right. And so once you get really good at it um, and, and you really dive into it and, and I'm not saying, so there aren't plenty of people that are amazing at this, but as you as you're building a career in, in consulting and consultative sales or being a product manager and stuff um starting to network that way mm. and understand how to build like a, a a strategy map i would call it and start to connect the dots uh that's when you can really like blow the top off absolutely and i won't even say that it's a final destination when it comes to learning how to build out these strategies you're always trying to fine-tune them and work on them no matter if you're day one in your career or you're a 30-year veteran in in this space and again thinking beyond just and i know you're using your experience and perspective with sales but for anyone that's like well i'm not in that industry when you highlight the power of networking that goes beyond just again the sales space mm -hmm. like it's it's anything and everything if you know how to network appropriately you're going to find yourselves in maybe bigger and better opportunities that yeah unlock additional 
things for you uh, later on down the road. But again, it's if you're not leveraging your network properly, like you you get what you put in. So if you're not wanting to network and learn from other people, whether they're in your direct industry or adjacent industries, like you're probably not going to grow and end up finding yourself in these future opportunities. I like to think that networking is all about building relationships for the long term. Like it's not going to happen overnight. And you know this too, like you're planting seeds. Like we've been planting seeds to use an example here with our digital media company. Like we're slowly building out a broader network. We're trying to get to know big players and people. How do they operate? And another thing that you and I always talk about is people love to hear themselves talk. So Mm -hmm. like let them have the stage and share kind of their experiences, what they excel at, and we can kind of start to take some information and make it our own over the long run. And that to me is kind of how you network and get better. And you're going to end up finding yourself more creditable because you're willing to stick your neck out there, meet with people, learn from them, because they also probably are interested in you to an extent and they want to hear your perspective. And that's how you both kind of create value along the way. And new opportunities end up presenting themselves when someone's like, you know what, I actually enjoy talking with Cole, you know, for whatever reason is, but there was something that was very memorable. And it doesn't have to be just a one-time thing. It's like, Cole's always checking in, whether it's once a month, once a week, the frequency there. He's always asking me just little things that I care about. Like he truly listens to me and there is value to be built upon that. So it's extremely important to understand the power of your network. And also for anyone that's kind of maybe worried that, well, I don't have a network. That's all right. Just continue to be willing to ask questions, like use LinkedIn as a great example or, or network platform, whatever the heck you want to call it and start sending requests to people. Now there's probably a little bit more strategy behind how you could send some of those uh, requests. You could probably put some type of personalized note, whatever it might be. That way you're not like anyone else just receiving a random request on LinkedIn. If it's someone that you're aspiring to be or someone that you want to learn from, you could just be like, Hey, so-and-so I really like your work. You know, these, uh, projects or whatever you've done in the past really have touched me and whatever, like make it personalized. So that person's like, Oh wow, this person actually cares about the work that I've done in my life or whatever it is. They're going to be probably more willing to actually connect with you. Um, and again, that's how you start to build out a relationship and it's going to take time. Um, and there's going to be instances, plenty of instances where someone just doesn't, you know, connect with you and that's fine. You just don't take it personally. Just move on. There's, there's plenty of fish in the sea. So I I love that you said LinkedIn. I love everything you said was spot on. I mean, typically it's not, but today like you're on, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like the LinkedIn call out. Um, something I, I think <clears throat> like you're talking about not being not being cookie cutter, not being canned, not being like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like we a lot of people like overcomplicate networking. Like you hear the word networking, it's like and like how many times have you heard somebody go like I'm just not good at networking? Too like, many. Like literally right? And right. you're just like, but what's what's so complicated about it? Right. Like you get to know people. There is nothing that it takes time, mm-hmm. it takes effort, but it's like you just have to talk to people like it's it's in your head. It's on your head. Right. Which is tough when someone does say that, like, I, I will, I'm not good at networking or I don't have a good network. That is their belief system. Yeah. Now you can try to maybe sprinkle in. Well, 
why do you feel that way? And they can give their explanation. But if they, you can start to help them understand that that is just a limited belief or mindset and there's more to it, they're going to end up changing their perspective, which again is very hard to do. I'm not saying that it, it's easy to do. But if someone's like, yeah, I don't have a good network or I don't know how to network, well, then you're dead in the water. Change your mindset, which goes back to a, <clears throat> the opening comments that you shared. And you can do a lot with your mindset. You can build out a powerful network if you have that mindset. But to your point, it's going to require time, energy, and effort. It's not going to happen overnight, which is applied to so many things that you and I hit home on time after time on our podcast here. <coughs> <laughs> I'm making I'm making you lose your well, speech too. There's so, something in the air over so here today. Like, dude, okay, and 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 I think we've hit a couple good topics. I don't want to. I think we're we're close to wrapping up for this. But one of the things I think you just said, right? Get out of your own head. And I'm gonna give like a quick a quick tip. I I think works on LinkedIn. My my opinion, no data behind this. Mm -hmm. I like when people reach out and just say, "Hey, thought your profile was interesting. Figured I'd connect." I like that way more than, "Hey." Saw you work for unscripted exchanges and looks like you can grow your media by 57% and yada, 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 yada. So whoever's reaching out to me that do that, I'm telling you, I'm not reading it because you're just like the 75 other people that did that. If you were to say, thought your profile was interesting, thought you look like a cool guy, anything like that, one sentence, can you connect? 10 times, 10 million times more willing to be, have a relationship with you because you're not immediately trying to sell me something. So if you're on LinkedIn, you're trying to grow your network. Don't immediately go in. You can customize it like, hey, you know, I saw that you had a background at Fifth Third Bank. I work there now. I'm newer to the to the financial analyst. analyst. I'm just giving an example. I'm getting no, I love, I love I'm it. I'm new to the financial analyst um, role. Uh, you got out of college a year and a half ago, started in sales, moved to this, would love to connect and possibly talk sometime down the road. That is that to me, now if maybe you do want to sell them something, but that to me is like, I'm not going to bug you. I think you got a cool background. Let's connect. Yeah. That's it. Do something. That's that's about as personal as you want to get. But if you say, hey, would love to connect. Think I want to say something. Da, 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 da. Okay, cool. I might accept me as I might accept the request. I'm not giving you the time of day because you did not try to build a relationship with me. You just tried to get me to buy something. So if you're trying to get on LinkedIn, you're trying to get more connections and build a network there. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't stress about it. Send an invite. Say, thought you looked awesome. Literally, say, I thought you looked cool. Can we connect? That's it. I mean, hell, you could do... I, I love all that, too. I totally agree. You could do an A-B test where you could use the tactic that you were describing of trying to be transactional or sell someone. Yeah. See how many people actually accept that request or respond back to you versus, hey, I, I really like your profile, what you've done, yada, 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 and not make it so salesy at least not on day one. Cause let's be honest, there is an end game for a lot of people. They want, you know, something in return right or wrong, but don't go seeking that on day one. You have to be planting those seeds and letting them organically water over time. Dude, yeah. Just, you're not going to get, you're not going to get far. If you just immediately go for the, for the, for the ask you got to get first. I'm interested. I bet you, if, if I started getting connections that said like, Oh, I, you're, I, I think you're spot on like now. That, what we're highlighting is anecdotal, but I'm, I'm sure we could dig up like data or we that, can make our own data. Think to, about if somebody was like, if somebody, if you, and people were just like, Hey, Hayden thought you looked interesting. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, dude. You'd be like, Hell Oh, I could probably go back through and yeah. Sit, yeah. I, like, I totally hey, yeah, align with that. I think I'm interesting too. Like, yeah. yeah.
The other thing that I get on LinkedIn, and then we'll wrap up for today because this has been an, an action-packed uh, conversation, is a lot of people reach out to me about my corporate job, mm -hmm. which is fine, but I immediately just shoot it down saying, hey, I don't use LinkedIn primarily for my corporate job. This is for me and my side hustles. Right. Thanks, best of luck on whatever it is, and that basically is just closing the door right on them. Now, every now and then, there's still people that are like, well, it might be something that unscripted exchanges could do, which is fantastic. But like, I am here to use this in a certain way, but some tool. people are always trying to sell me or try to sell, I'll use, I'm allowed to drop Kroger. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to, don't talk to me about that. That's not what I'm using that here for. Which goes back to some of the other things that we were highlighting earlier. When you start to listen to a potential prospect or a client, like what are their needs? I'm not here to have someone come sell me something for Kroger. Mm -hmm. I use LinkedIn right. in a certain way. And understanding that, allows people to probably realize, oh, I, I shouldn't be going after him in that way. Well, think Food about, for thought. Think about, think about what you just said. If I was prospecting you, yep. first of all, I'd look at your title and I'd say, okay, tells me a little bit, but like every corporate structure is different. So being a you know senior product manager doesn't necessarily mean he does or doesn't make decisions. So I can't, I, that's anecdotal. Fair, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But if I were to go look at your profile, yeah. Just using my brain a little bit, I'd go Hayden. Everything Hayden posts is either about motivation, about adding adding to, uh, you know, helping promote unscripted exchanges, helping promote what better well being for. I'd start. I could go through your post and like do like twenty minutes of research and go, yeah, dude, this guy's not this guy's not using LinkedIn to be a purchaser. Like he doesn't want he, his react his. I could do that in a heartbeat with you because literally like. 20 minutes of looking at your, what you, well, your activity would tell me like this. If I send him a message to try to sell him something, it's not going to go anywhere. Like that, but that's, that's for everybody. And like, the thing is, is like, that's it, a prime example. I, I love it. And I know you're using my profile as an example. Just don't be lazy. Yeah. Spend even five minutes. Yeah. It's probably not that hard to figure out, okay, this is what this person may or may not be interested in. Now, again, it's not always that easy, but to your point, using me as an example, yeah, it's not that hard to figure out how I'm leveraging LinkedIn. And you'll save yourself time if you're a recruiter for any recruiters listening to our show here. Like there is a, not only an art, but there is a strategy in, in terms of how you would be connecting and building out a network and also just selling. Again, it depends on all the different roles that are out there. I mean, I've got way too many people trying to sell me on some SaaS product for Kroger. It's like, <laughs> great, I don't care, but uh, you know, best well, of luck. Right. Don't don't be coming to me knocking on my door for that. Well, and it's like two. Uh, and then I think that's we will wrap it up. But I just think this is funny because think about this, right? Think about all the people that like just reach out and message people on LinkedIn. Just using LinkedIn as the example. Yeah. That like if you go to somebody's profile and they have like one role shown or two roles shown and it's not even like linked to the company that they actually work for or like you can just tell there's like barely an activity. Like if you really want to get in touch with them, why are you dropping them a message on LinkedIn? Yep. Right? Yep. Like the activity, I don't know. Like that's just like more of a sales thing. It's just like, yeah. like you could go spend hours dropping messages on LinkedIn and then like, 
I think the takeaway is stop spamming on LinkedIn, yeah, damn we're it. we're done with it. Okay? <laughs> we're done with no it. more. All right, folks, we appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. Cole and I are having a blast. We get better with each and every episode. Cole is bringing on the biggest and best names in the business. Appreciate you guys, as always. Stay tuned for some exciting campaigns that we have not yet announced, but will be sharing here in the coming weeks. Cole, anything else that you'd sign off with? Uh, well, I've got a... Uh, a- uh coupon link thing i'm trying to work athletic brewing we're a partner with athletic brewing now heck yeah man big news Uh, but trying to figure out how to work their partnership portal and stuff like that so i'm explaining too much but there will be some links dropped there'll be some coupons athletic brewing is my favorite non-alcoholic ipa and we'll be dropping some stuff as soon as my dumb ass figures that out. Some affiliate deals. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Cole. Thanks, all. Talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thanks.